Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Habs World Podcast. I'm your host, Norm Sarek. I have a few co-hosts with me. First up is Joshua Coulter. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Glad to be here. Not really. It's not been a good couple weeks. <laughs> well, yes and no, but I, I know I know that feeling. I, I get it. It took me a few days after the playoffs were over. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Let's get some healing going. Uh, next up are the McLeod fellows, uh, Paul and Connor. Guys, how are you doing? Great, Norm. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good, good. And last up is Jonathan Rebello. Jonathan, how are you? Uh, you know, I kind of echo those feelings of uh, Josh as well. There's uh, still some depression, although it was a spectacular run. And um, I, I was I was actually lucky enough. I got to go to game four and see Anderson score that goal in person. And yeah, it was pretty spectacular. So, Oh, really? Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, that's that's something good to take out of this, right? You got to admit that. Yeah, it's going to be great memories. And, you know, it might be the only time in my life I get to see my team play in the cup finals. Hopefully, hopefully not, but uh, it is definitely a possibility. Well, technically, you're right. Okay, before we dive too much into that, I, I got to mention this is podcast uh, number 82, and we're recording this the evening of uh, July 18th. And 82, um, I, I forget who you said, Holland wore it, but Donald Audette wore that number. And I was actually at a game um, in December, because I know it was around my birthday. I can't remember the year, but he got his, uh, his wrist skated over and it severed, severed, it severed several tendons in his arm. Ooh. And I remember when they did the surgery and they talked about it the next day, they kind of said it was like you went into one of those Bell telephone boxes and pulled out 12 of 15 wires and then screwed up all the markings on the wire so you didn't know which one was which. And they had to electrically shock each tendon to see which one it needed to be connected to when they were reconnecting his arm. Wow. It was pretty gr- pretty gruesome and wild. But uh, he came back and uh, and played in the playoffs that year for the Canadians. I think it was a year they knocked off the Bruins as, uh, as an eight seed or a seven seed, I think, too. Yeah. Wow. As I recall, he never had the scoring touch he did pre injury. No. Agree. Hmm. That's a shame. No surprise, but... Uh, yeah, under those considerations, I didn't know uh, that it was that severe. I just I remember an, inj- an injury, to be honest. Uh, oh yeah, it was wild for the playoffs. He he had to go into the rink like two hours before the other guys, and they would like have to like massage and slap his arm to get the feeling in it, so he could actually grab his stick. Whoa, it was Holy pretty shit. wild. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Um, yeah, the other fellow was Patrick Holland uh, back in 2014 for a couple of cups of coffee, I think. Yeah, well, see, see you later, Holland. Yeah, that's the way it goes, though. So I thought yep. we'd talk, start off by talking about the, the finals and uh, and the playoffs overall. I mean, obviously, there was, there was some good. Didn't end the way that any of us wanted to, of course, but uh, but it's certainly something that is pretty memorable. Well, I will definitely say that. And I'll, I'll start off by saying I'm very proud of this team. They went through a hell of a lot. They had so many injured players that were playing right through it. And I think they gave it their all, really. You know, they faced a better team, the team that was in, in better can better shape. I mean, they had a few dings as well, but it just uh, they, they had a couple of those games in particular were uh, were tough. And I thought the last two games of the series, I, I, I got the impression that that the uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty spectacular watching that that game for overtime uh, winner. That was that was something. But the. I, I felt overall that the the Lightning weren't as uh, as dominant in those last two games, and and even the like the second game of the series was something where I thought 
the Habs um, had outplayed them and I thought they had a, stood a better chance, but they didn't have the, um, as fate would have it, they just didn't uh, make it happen. But uh, so uh, who would like to start us off? I kind of rambled a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit first. And you mentioned game two there, Norm, and game two end of the second period is probably what turned the series uh, in the favor of Tampa Bay with no chance of Montreal coming back. Deneau carried the puck out of the zone. Both Sherrod and Weber blew the zone and, you know, weren't paying attention how much time was left. And then three or four seconds is all that's left. And that's all it takes for Coleman to score a Superman goal that he scored, I guess, four or five times in his career. He dives and bats that puck in and Tampa takes a, a lead to the a lead to the dressing room in a game that the Canadians were dominating and a game where, you know, in Tampa Bay game two, if you get to head to the third period tied one, one, you know, I'd say that's a win for the Canadians because just takes one goal to turn it. And then Edmondson behind the net in the third period coughs that puck up for the easy goal. And, you know, Montreal never really was going to get back in that series. You, like you said, Tampa Bay is just, they are an unbelievable team uh, stacked to the gills two wonderful draft pick defensemen on their team, Ryan McDonough and Mikhail Sergachev. Too bad those guys weren't wearing red, white, and blue. And yeah, they, they, they lost to the better team. It's as simple as that. Montreal was the better team against Toronto, the better team against Vegas, and the better team against Winnipeg. But with Tampa Bay, they just uh, didn't, they couldn't keep up. Well, honestly, I'm not entirely sure that's true. What I saw in these games is that Price got outplayed by Vasilevsky. And Montreal completely lost its scoring touch. I mean, aside from Kucherov, you know, nobody on the Lightning uh, among their big name forwards really did much. Point had a goal. Uh, Stamkos was so silent, I almost forgot he's playing unless until he, of course, made the pass that was the ser- to the lead, that led to the series-winning goal yeah. by another one of Tampa Bay's no names. But I mean. Tyler Johnson, Goodrow, Patrick Mullen. Okay. We got beaten by their third and fourth lines. Ours weren't good enough and didn't score enough. Yeah. It did do in the, in the previous series, but you know, that's what it is. They had, they had more depth that was hot at the right time. Price went cold at the hundred percent wrong time. And, or maybe he was hurt more. Who knows? Cause he did get bumped a few times. Really, the only regrets I have about the, 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 that series are that it was partially, in my mind, decided by absolutely abysmal uh, refereeing in game five when, you know, Anders was on a breakaway and somehow it didn't got hooked and somehow that's not a penalty. Uh, I think yeah. because he was yapping at the referees or penalties before, I think they did. Uh, they didn't lose the cup because of the referees, though. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not blaming that. I, but that was part of it. And I said regrets. I didn't say they lost because of that. I said they okay, lost okay. that game. They lost that one game because of bad refereeing, I think, in part. Um, but who knows? Maybe they wouldn't have scored on the power play anyway. Their power play went cold as well. But the other regret was that they knew Kucherov was carrying a rib injury. I'm s i am I don't know why he wasn't cross-checked through the boards every time he touched the puck. Um, and especially maybe in hindsight, I'm a little more bitter after all his comments, which I guess we'll get to later in the in the show uh, but uh you know after hearing him talk i wish somebody had taken his head off never mind his ribs anyway <laughs> that's all for me right now oh, you can bring those comments up now it's fine oh it's just you know saying that 
you know, Montreal fans shouldn't have got so excited after we won game four. And that was our, our, our Stanley Cup final was in the previous round against Vegas. Just jackass, classless, fuckhead remarks. And he can take his sponsorship and shove it up his ass. Yep. Yeah, uh, totally yep. good. Agree. He was a total douche. He had no class with saying something like that. I, I mean. Put a fucking shirt on, first of all. <sighs> yeah, well, whatever. That part what I, what I will just say, what I will just say is, I would say um, your perception is de- is de- your perception is de- is defined by your surroundings. So when your surroundings is Tampa Bay, uh, uh, you know, a city that doesn't care about hockey, in a building filled with people that don't give a shit about a Stanley Cup, you really don't know what celebration is like. So that's why he was so shocked to seeing you know people jumping around and hugging each other and you know, high-fiving, because usually people are just sitting on their hands in Tampa Bay. So he's not okay. used to that type of stuff. So that's why, you know, it's, you know, like I said, you know, your world and your perception is based on your surroundings and your upbringing. He's never been in, in buildings and, you know, been a home team for, uh, for a win for in a place where ho- people care about hockey. And as much as you want to say Tampa Bay's loud, people care about hockey, you know, make, make that team, you know, average to good team and, you know, the building will be empty. So, uh, Perhaps, but do you do you not think though that he uh, his those comments have made him basically a a a public enemy number one among Habs fans? Like to me, if you're a Habs fan and Tampa comes to town, you should be booing this guy every time he touches the puck now because he basically absolutely spit in your your face. Boo him, throw beer at him, absolutely. (laughs) It's good. Like hammer him with beers, absolutely. Not like a bottle, but like. Cans and plastic cups, there. literally. I want to be there, and I want to take first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a closed full can of beer, just. <laughs> no, oh. no, no, no! It's got to be, it's got to be open. You don't want to be, you don't want to be you getting that assault. You don't want to be getting an assault charge. No, you got a helmet on. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus, this isn't slap shot, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm baseball pitching it. <laughs> top deck right from the fucking nosebleeds <laughs> so the can reaches terminal velocity oh buddy it's gonna go so fast silver bullet wow that's silver sure. bullet <laughs> now they, they do sell the, that's Coors product so they do sell that don't they <laughs> yeah Molson the Coors Center. you better believe they do <laughs> yeah Kucherov had him hiding behind his name there yeah oh god but no, anyway but he, now have a sponsorship deal with uh with Bud Light after that press conference. Yeah, yeah I yeah. know. But like, so there, I don't know if you guys saw the picture. He had the Bud Light showing on camera, but behind his name, mm-hmm. he had two Coors lights. Oh, okay. No. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll, I, can, I can hook you guys up with the picture later. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm surprised that the Russians haven't revoked his passport. Seeing him get half tanked on three Bud Lights. I mean, come on. Well, well, that's all you saw. He was probably on painkillers for his ribs, too. Oh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And, and a couple bottles of vodka that he consumed before he got out to the press and, conference. Probably. And, and champagne. Yeah, because yeah, they're all sipping that. By then. Hugged him. So, yeah, that, that part's explainable. But just uh, just the character comes through in a, in a case like that. So he's he's basically garbage, yeah. in my opinion. But, um, okay. So, uh, so, Connor, we haven't heard from you. Did you, did you have well, some thoughts you wanted to talk about? I don't really, uh, I don't mind the comments. I found them kind of entertaining. Okay, fair enough. Absolutely, you know what? Good call on that, Connor. Absolutely. You, you the, the people always say NHL players are boring. 
and then you get some excitement. We can trash him and talk bad about him, but exactly. I do agree. It is great when players do stuff like that. Yep. So good on you, Connor. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it was them any other team, I, m- I might agree with you there, but when he's basically spitting in our faces, I can't, I mean, I take it personally. I just, I just have to. <laughs> good, good. Because we're old and bitter, Norm, and he's young. And yeah, that, that's a good explanation, Paul. <laughs> good for you, Connor, though. <laughs> okay. There, Norm, not you. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we covered that pretty well. Any other thoughts? Or, or should I? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I know, I know, um, Paul said his regrets was the was the refereeing. I would say the biggest regret of this playoff run for me is that Romanov played so few games and got so few opportunities. Um, that'd be the only thing that's bad. But on the opposite side of that coin, um, Nick Suzuki's now played over 30 playoff games, and I think Kokaniemi's just one off of that. So that's really spectacular to have that those those young kids have got that much experience playing in the postseason is going to serve them very well, hopefully for the next five to 10 years. Um, it's, you know, hopefully they can get back to the playoffs a few times, but having that big long run um, and having all that success in the playoffs and knowing what you need to do um, is great. Uh, I think, I, th- I think we've seen that Nick Suzuki is going to be the Canadians number one center moving forward. Um, and there, but there's still lots of question marks with coach Kanyemi, especially with his ability, his inability to really create much offense with passes in the playoffs, but he's got the scoring touch in the playoffs, which is also, which is obviously good, but yeah, regret, uh, regret Romanov not getting into more games, but definitely very happy that two of our centers have, uh, you know, damn near played half a season in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk, focus more on the positive then before we continue. So any, anybody else have any like favorite, favorite moments of the playoffs or, you know, or favorite or reflections that you'd like to make like, like Jonathan just did about our future. Well, it was a great run. Play and survive playoff hockey. Um, he was—he's going to be fantastic. I mean, and not only can he score goals, he can set them up too. So I think there's going to be a lot of regrets in the NHL for letting him drop to 15 as the mm-hmm. years go. When you're five seven, you're going to drop to your to 15 unless you score, I guess, two thousand goals a year. One thousand wasn't enough. <laughs> okay. How about you, Josh? Are we talking about favorite parts or what? Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay, talk yeah. about something. Because like I got confused between the two. Of you anyway. Yeah. No. My favorite part of that playoff was Game Seven against Toronto. They didn't even have a chance, and that that made me feel really good. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah, that's a highlight. Let's see. For <laughs> me, I would go. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but that Caulfield goal against uh, Vegas uh, against Robin Leonard. When he chipped it off the boards. Yeah. yeah, chipped off the board, and yeah, yeah. and then broke in, broke past the defenseman, and put it, put it past him when he uh, up top. That that was just such a perfect goal and perfect moment. Uh, it, I bet it, 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 yeah, it, it adds on to what what you guys were also saying though about Coffee being so special. You just you just know he's arrived and and he's he's going to do some great things. I think uh, in Montreal, and so happy happy for that, and looking forward to it. I just Big can't time. wait for October. <laughs> yeah it, i am and yeah am and not it's gonna be interesting uh, it's gonna be a, so such a different season next next uh, time around i'll say that it's a very different team maybe Mark yeah luck into another one <laughs> well that's yeah. a good segue let's talk about expansion draft because uh, the expansion draft list was just revealed for all the teams today 
And now we know, uh, and the big biggest names, of course, were Carrie Price and Shea Weber being left unprotected. Now, Weber was somebody we'd already heard was, was going to happen, very, very likely to happen. But the rumors were came, started coming out Saturday sometime that some of the hockey um, writers, I can't remember, LeBron, I think might have been the first one. But anyway, who were mentioning that Price was also going to be unprotected. And that left... Uh, had a lot of speculation going on. So, so do you th- in price? Let's start with Price's case. Do you think this was a strategic move by Mark Bergevin, or do you think this was just something that maybe Price had come to come to Bergevin to say, "Hey, I'd be willing to weigh my no movement clause so that I could be drafted by Seattle and be closer to where my my uh, fi- family is out in Washington State, where we stay in the off season anyway." Well, we actually know about that now. Um, so Carey Price actually reached out to the NHL and or NHLPA to have his no trade clause waived. And this was done late. So the, the Canadians, if they had if they had asked Carey to do it, would have had to ask him um, a significant period of time ago because the NHL does not want players to be forced to make a decision like this in short period. But when it's of the player's own volition, um, the, the NHL did, would not stand in the way of that. So it was actually Kerry that approached Mark. Um, Mark did not agree to it right away, but he knew he had this card to play. And I guess Mark over the last couple of days um, did exhaust all options in trying to potentially trade Jake Allen and bring something back for him. But the reason why Kerry um, approached Mark with this is Kerry potentially may need, um, may need some surgery, uh, hip and or knee surgery, um, and he wasn't sure if he's going to be able to start the year or play the year next year. And if you guys don't mind, I'm going to kind of go off here on one of my, one of my comic book story idea, Montreal Canadian things. <laughs> okay. So I'm really hoping that Mark Bergevin learns something from the Tampa Bay lightning. And I really hope that uh, Shea Weber and Carey price are both going to fully return to play 100% hockey in mid to late April this year. And I hope prior to that, the Canadians know that they're going to be on long-term injury, injured reserve for the year. And they know they have a little bit of extra cash to splash. So we're going to start off, we're going to start off July, whatever it is, 28th or whenever free agency opens. And Montreal is going to make two large signings, Dougie Hamilton and Alexander Ovechkin. They're going to be, they're going to be right to the, they're going to be right to the salary cap. And then, you know what, mid-March, Carey Price and Shea Weber, they're going to return from from British Columbia, resting their injuries. They're going to start practicing a little bit with the Canadians. You know, here we go. Oh, and then right before the playoffs start, another Montreal Canadiens is going to get injured just around the trade deadline. And the Canadians are going to make another big acquisition. I'm not sure who this one will be. I'll leave this one as a mystery. But the playoffs will start, and that player that was injured, you know, let's say it's, uh, I don't know, uh, Ben Chirot, and he comes back for the playoffs and Shea Weber comes back and Price comes back, and the Canadians are $49 million over the salary cap. They, <laughs> and, and Mark Bergevin is wearing his wearing a Steve Eisenman jersey because that's who he learned from. He learned from Eisenman and learned from <laughs> Julianne Breezebaugh, and the Canadians go into the playoffs, and they're unbeatable. They got Shea Weber on their third pair, and Carey Price, is <laughs> he's not even going to start the playoffs. He's going to come in as the backup because, you know, he's not 100%. He's, he's going to let the other – they're going to let – Jake Allen played the first game and he's going to win it, but then Kerry's ready and the Canadians are going to go on to win the Stanley cup next year. And it's going to be, it's going to be spectacular. They're going to win the cup in five games. Um, and it's going to be a really, really wonderful experience for the Canadians and Cole Caulfield's going to score, you know, 10 or 12 goals in the playoffs. And 
know, the rest is going to be history, folks. <laughs> I like okay. it. Yeah, so Dougie Hamilton and Alexander Ovechkin, pack your bags. You guys are headed to the Belle, La Belle Provence. No, no longer can I say that I'm more optimistic than you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyways, wow. if you guys want to talk about Carrie and Shane, I'll shut up for a bit. <laughs> that is a hell of a scenario. I'll give you that. Yeah. They're saying Sir, uh, Frank Cervelli and, and LeBron are reporting that uh, – Kerry is going to get his knee and his hip looked at uh, next week. Okay, but knee and hip, knee and hip sounds or knee and uh, and hip sounds a lot like a uh, little Kucherov action for me. Sorry, I said I shut up, but yeah, Kucherov, you, no, you, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it, but the thing is, uh, LeBron's reporting that he heard heard that Seattle is more seriously considering taking Price than he thought possible initially. Yeah, that's was that was my worry bead when I heard that news. Well, okay, yeah. so as one, one somebody mentioned the eleven million, he has an eleven million dollars signing bonus. Price does, mm. and one ex- NHL executive was quoted as saying, "Seattle will make that up in jersey sales in the first week." If uh, I don't know about that. I think they're I think they're seriously considering it. Hmm. I don't know. I think the medical and the and the contract would be uh, might be too much for Seattle to take him. Eh, there- if it if it is the end of carry in Montreal, at least you had a good one good run with him. Yeah, yeah that'll suck. Yeah, that, that would be very interesting. I wonder if there are any rules about uh, trading a player back. Yes, there is. Team. It's been discussed, and it, okay. it, it will. It would not be allowed. Not at all, or is there like a time limit? Not next year. Like, there's no like, there's no strict rule about it. But uh, re- reporters have already asked some of the somebody in the NHL, and they said it'd be heavily frowned upon, and there would there would it would come under investigation for sure. Hmm. No, that uh, what I from it's not- they consider it cap surf convention, no gray area, can't not allowed. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I bet. I bet going eighteen million over the cap limit's fucking frowned upon too. But <laughs> they, no, that's go. within the rules. The play, the play. There's no cap in the playoffs. You you can have twenty four billion dollars of the players in the playoffs. You could yeah. you could you could rebirth Gretzky, Richard, Howe, and Hull. Um, I said and frowned upon. I didn't say against the rules. Frowned upon. <laughs> there's like I don't know. I, I frowned upon to me doesn't mean it's not. Like it's illegal. Yeah, that's why I said it's not frowned upon. It's completely verboten. Oh, yeah. sorry, I misheard you. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It'd be so hard to prove out because let, let's let's face it. I mean, in Kucherov, let let's take Kucherov, Dusharov, in his case, like he did have a legitimate surgery. He did have to legitimately rehab. You know, there's no saying exactly how long it would have taken him to, to get back to a, a normal rhythm and there would blast and, you know, so I don't fault them totally for that move. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken too, he didn't, he didn't just show up for the first game of the playoffs. I think he missed the first two games against Florida and then started, but he, he was quite. Is that true? Limited. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Up. I don't remember that. So interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's a gray area. 
It's like many other things that have been picked apart in the CBA. Somebody finds a way to to uh, use it to their advantage, and they they're they're not the first one to do it too. It's just the most uh, memorable one now. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Bill Belichick. Yeah. There is that. There is that. Who's if you guys were going to guess, what do you think? Do you think Seattle's going to choose Price or not? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I'm 50-50 yeah. on it. Oh, I, I think know. they take Drew A for sure. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Seattle's going to take Jonathan Drew A. I think that's a perfect situation for him, that he's going to be a no-pressure environment. They're going to make sure he's well-insulated. He's not going to be their superstar forward. You know, they'll put him on the second or third line, and that's where he's going to go. I think they take Price. Uh, wow. I don't understand why they wouldn't. If he comes back next season, they play a backup until that point. As soon as you put Price in the net, you, you got a good shot at it doing well if you are making the playoffs. So I don't, I, I couldn't imagine them not taking Price. Wow. <laughs> There's 10 and a half million reasons per season. That they're not gonna <laughs> yeah, there you they go. go. There you go, Paul. Open. They got a whole open cap uh, right now. They have signed no one. So, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, look at this. The we have him and he's Coyotes, kind of so. Arizona Coyotes just got three draft picks for and Andrew Ladd for taking Andrew Ladd's contract. Hmm. I mean, cap space is more valuable than it's ever been. So that's why I think they won't take him. I'm torn given his injury history and the fact that he's injured again. You know, is he is it going to be an annual thing where he's injured half the season and then goes on a hot playoff run? I could live with that, um, oh. but you know, I oh. just right. Go ahead. Okay, I was gonna. Uh, all I want to say is, look how Flurry and Murray worked out. Yeah. Flurry for Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. like, what happened there? Flurry ended up fucking doing so good, bringing them to the. Final, and I, I, I can't imagine anyone not thinking that Price can do that same thing, especially if he's bitter that a team let him go unprotected. Not really, because he, I know it's kind of his doing, but still, it still makes someone like you. I bet he doesn't want to leave Montreal, but it could happen. But if he does want to leave Montreal, there's no better place for him than Seattle. His yep. wife's his wife's from Washington State, and he's from BC, just up north, right? So. So yeah. maybe it was intentional. Who knows? Fuck. <laughs> that, know. Yeah, that's just it. It's so I have hard. Feelings about it. I'm glad. I'm glad they're able to protect Allen. I read that the, the that Seattle wanted a first round pick and a prospect to pass on taking him. Yeah, so, and I tell them to kick rocks for that. No friggin' chance. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what Bergevin did. Apparently, yeah. he was trying to trade Allen. I I was kind of speaking of Drew I was really hoping that they would trade him to St. Louis for Tarasenko. Um, yeah, the Blues yeah. left him unprotected, eh? Yeah. Wild. You think they would get something for him? So yeah, Seattle, Seattle got pretty – like, they wanted what they wanted from Bergevin. Bergevin says no. Now Seattle's pissed and grabs Price. Like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I can submit. I, I don't see how they don't, it doesn't happen. But it, Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call, isn't it? I mean, because yeah. you're, you're not getting the Price who had the MVP season – uh, back in, uh, Jesus, what was it, 2014 or 2012? 15. Yeah, like, I, I honestly, okay. like, I, I would not be, like, furious or think it's end-of-the-world scenario 
for the Habs to be out from underneath the Weber and price contract. It allows them to do a total reset of their salary structure. You know, I, I wouldn't be furious if they took price. It'd be sad that he was gone, but I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Well, I don't think Weber's moving at all. Uh, the whole recapture thing is uh, actually, I, no, sorry. I say that now. I just remembered the, the biggest part of the recapture uh, will hit Nashville if he um, gets, it gets moved again. And then, um, well, regardless of where he gets moved, but if he retires prematurely and he doesn't like stay on the LTIR for the rest of his contract. But I think he's going to be able to stay on the LTIR. You saw the guys hugging him at the end of the playoffs. And apparently he was getting needles galore in his ankle, knee, hip, hand. Yeah. You know, his, his body's been through the grinder. Slap, he couldn't do slap shots at the end of, like, in the finals. Right. So yeah, one he, thing noticed, he's dead. He avoided slap shots at all costs. <laughs> 35 years old or 36 years old and he's probably got a body of a 50 year old yeah yeah the only thing about that and it kind of circles back to that comic book scenario you 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 painted for us um <laughs> yeah i i don't know if they can technically do it because i know i know teams are allowed to go 10 percent above the cap during the off season because of free agent signings but then they got to get back down for before puck drop or training camp but the tricky part to that is, okay, so Weber's contract has to stay on their books right now. But up until that magic point in September or October, where, where they can move him to the LTIR, his, his, cal, his hit, cap hit will count. So if they signed a, a guy like Dougie Hamilton for, say, $7 million a year, they're going to have to manage that as well as, as his, uh, his salary up until that magic date. I now, say easy solution for that, though. You just don't sign any of the RFAs until the season starts. You have them all contracts pre-signed in Bergevin's desk, and you just don't officially sign them until uh, the season starts. Boom, boom, problem solved. Perhaps, but the RFAs aren't that aren't as many. Uh, I mean, they've got other UFAs they got to then consider too. Sure, yeah, okay. I, add the UFAs in as well. It's uh, it's all good. They can make it work for sure. I find it interesting that Bergevin chose to protect Armia rather than Truan. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Well, Armia is signed. That's what it means. Armia is getting signed. Okay. Well, that's that, yeah, that's a good good way to interpret it. Like, there's no way they protect him unless they're going to sign him. He's getting signed for sure. Right, I know, but I mean, Washington didn't protect, didn't protect Ovechkin. Colorado didn't protect oh. Landeskog. Yeah, well, those are two different scenarios. Like, Ovechkin's going to you know, die in a Capitals uniform. Sorry, Jonathan. But uh, uh, Landeskog, I heard they've got, they're, they're quite a bit apart in terms of dollars. So he's likely going to go walk now. But, but okay, contrast that to what you just said about uh, UFAs and they did not protect Philip Deneau. So what is, how do you read into that? I think Deneau's gone. I think Deneau wants what Montreal won't offer. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah going to offer him what he wants in this capital i i hope what happens is he goes out doesn't get a contract and comes back and takes montreal's offer or a reduced offer that's what montreal that's what montreal wants to happen for sure yeah i really like you gotta think bergevin just has you know steel cojones he's 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 looking at he's staring down the barrel of starting a season next season no no to no no price no weber no Drew Ann. So not only does he not have his 
top defenseman and his star goalie, he doesn't have any French Canadian players on the team either. Hmm. True. Going to play well in Montreal. Okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot one other thing. I forgot the other player Montreal's going to sign. Obviously, they're going to offer sheet Anthony Bolivier Bolivier from uh, the Islanders. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There's your French. There's a French Canadian. Problem solved. Thank you. Uh. I, I would not mind seeing him play for the Habs, but yeah, there's this whole cap issues and 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 what's going to go on, uh, happen with everybody we've already talked about <laughs> has to get uh, resolved first or, or clarified, I guess. But uh, you never know. RFA signings are tricky. Oh yeah, and the perfect person to do it to would be Lou Lamarillo. He wouldn't hold a grudge at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now that they've traded Andrew Ladd's contract, they. They actually have room to to sign. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They they were cap strapped. Now they have lots of cap room. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. They have uh, Jordan Everly unprotected. Unprotected, no problem. Um, that's another five and a half million off the books. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. It's possible. It's possible they take Everly. I think that's a possibility for sure. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think. There's some interesting players up for grabs. Well, they protected Matt Martin. Yes. Did you? Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, did you guys notice that Anaheim protected Nikolai Delorier? Yeah, I actually, I, I actually mentioned that to Norm earlier. I could not believe that. I was dying laughing when I saw that. Like, there's at least five players on their list I would have protected before him. Yeah. I think they're trying to get rid of some contracts, though. And he makes yeah. I figure Henry's make a little bit more than they're willing to pay him. Gets laughs on the list, too. Yeah, UFA, though, right? He's UFA, right? Yeah. 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 So, like, they, they could claim him, then he could just not sign a contract with them, right? That's right. Right. But, you know, did you know that if that happens and he doesn't they, sign, they have the opportunity to then take another player off the uh, unprotected list? Really? So, I, yeah, I just me? heard that. I just heard that this uh, this year. They were talking about it on TSN six ninety over the weekend. No oh. way! That's bullshit. Six hundred ninety million dollars buys you a lot of bullshit. <laughs> wow! I did not know that. I do know that they have to take at least forty nine million dollars worth of players. Yeah. Okay, that would be what the floor, I guess. Cap floor, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they have to take forty nine million dollars of the players. Max Domi's available. I'm sure everyone saw that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh well, <laughs> not your favorite yeah. player, eh, Josh? Imagine no, if Bergevin. You know imagine if Bergevin was good at good. At, imagine if Bergevin was as good at uh, at signings as he is at trades. Like he's amazing at trades. Yes, but his signings. Eh. Mm. Fuck, man, I don't. I don't. Yeah, he's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I bet so... you Seattle wishes they could take three players from Tampa Bay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I know three players I want from Tampa Bay <laughs> <laughs> on their un- on their unprotected list. Yeah, me too. On any of their team, I don't get I, <laughs> fucking the the AHL, whatever the fuck it is. I take them there, man. <laughs> no, the no. team's stacked. They are. They are. So, a couple of interesting moves: Barkley Goodrow getting traded to the Rangers for a seventh round pick. That was interesting. Yep. And the other thing that I don't quite understand is that 
people are falling all over themselves saying that the Maple Leafs made a great deal when they got Jared McCann. But I really hope I really hope Seattle claims him. Well, <laughs> they basically they're saying like they got McCann in case the, the Kraken take uh, Kerfoot. But why the hell would Seattle take Kerfoot when they can take McCann? I agree. McCann's a better player and gets lower cap it. And he's so bigger. They traded for McCann to protect Trump so, to keep Travis Dermis. Really? I guess so. I was surprised they protected Hall. H-O-L-L, Hall. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, so some I, Lee, I, I know some Leaf fans that were surprised they protected Marner, so... Because they, they, they said they'd like to get out from underneath that contract from that guy that has 20 playoff games and one point or whatever. And I said, hey, we'll gladly take him in Montreal. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, to be honest, I have not looked at any of the other unprotected lists. I just haven't had time this weekend, but... Uh... Those are some interesting maneuvers. It's going to be, I'm going to tune in on, on Wednesday night when they do the, uh, the formal expansion draft. Oh, I can't remember. Did, I can't remember how Vegas did theirs. Did they announce the players like one at a time? And is it like a TV show? Yes. Oh, is it? I need to, it's on Wednesday, right? I need yeah, to Wednesday watch. at eight. eight. Okay, maybe I will watch that. Uh, you, you got, did you guys see Nashville protected 5D? Yeah. That's pretty wild, eh? They did. I don't understand. Yeah. They only protected three forwards. Nashville traded wow. Ryan Ellis for Cody Glass. Yeah, because they couldn't oh. protect sixty, so that's why. Yeah, but they couldn't get anything more than Cody Glass. I know. Yeah, that's fucked. I mean, Vegas ends up with Nolan Patrick, who they wanted because uh, what's his name, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, coach Patrick and Brandon. Philly got the defenseman they wanted and the Predators got Cody Glass. Like it was at about 2017, I think I was thinking like not long after the, the PK Subban trade, I was thinking, God, I wish we had a really smart GM like David Poyle, but <laughs> Look at them now. completely wrong. The, the, but, the, the trades he's made are just mind bogglingly bad. I mean, they they left uh what's his name he's also he's also made some incredible ones he also traded um for forsberg and what did he, he give martin erat for forsberg that was a good good deal i know but that was five years ago yeah no, early it, uh, or six. yeah that's a long time ago they gave Maybe up, he's going senile now they gave up samuel <laughs> gerard to get to get uh matt duchene wasn't it yes they, that, those are the big players no, they got the Kyle Torres. They got Kyle Torres. Uh, oh, yeah, Ottawa got Duchesne. That's right. Ottawa was the one who lost that trade badly. And then yeah. Oh. Lost it a little bit in Colorado. Picked everyone's stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe Sackett stole everybody's lunch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But but you're right. Lately, he has, his moves have not been either not look good or not turned out in our – you know, juries out whether they'll turn out badly as well. But just think if Vegas wasn't so, so committed to Cody glass uh, a couple of years ago, that could have been the center we got for match patch ready. Yeah. Life would not be good. We wouldn't be talking about a playoff run. That's for sure. Yeah. That, that is very true. Let's, let's face it. I mean, we've been talking long 
on many seasons of, of podcasts about how the Habs needed to get some centers. And they have a bona fide number one center now, Nick Suzuki. And there's just, I'm sure there's no argument among any of us right now on that. And it, you can't help but reflect how in the last two postseasons, I mean, he's been a, been a, a big part of, of them succeeding. And yeah, and, and I still think he's got room for improvement. So it's, I'm not saying he's going to be necessarily top 10 scorer in the league, but I just think he's going to end up being so capable as a really good number one center who's going to be up there for points and, and his defensive game's going to get better too. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Seattle also takes PK Subban from uh, New Jersey. Mm. Hmm. That cap hit is just still, it's only for one more season though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it gives, I think, I think that I, I think they do that. Uh, okay. Well, they might. It's yeah. I, th- I think from I think from St. Louis, if they don't take Tarasenko, I think they take Vince Dunn. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, really hope they take McCann from the Leafs. Very much hope they take McCann from the Leafs. <laughs> I think they'll take Tanev from Pittsburgh. Mm, sure. I thought yeah. they protected Tanev. I thought that's why they traded McCann, so they could protect Tanev. Nope. Pittsburgh Tanev was exposed, pretty sure. Let me check my list here. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Tanner, Brandon Tanner available. Oh, okay. Yeah. They protected Bluger, Carter, Crosby, Gunsel, Kapanen, Malkin, Rust, Dumoulin, Latang, Matheson, Jerry. They, they left uh, Ashton Reese and Zucker. Yeah. And, and they left Marcus Peterson and Jerry. Exposed. I don't think they take Jerry, but he, he, there's, a chance, there's a chance they take him or. Off a lot of goalies available. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's been saying all year that Seattle would be taken. Jake Allen and Anton Kadobin are both protected. Yeah, so I heard they're going to take that goalie from uh, Florida as one of them. Oh, Dreger. Dreger, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of but, other UFA goalies, so... But back on the Habs, the you know Bergevin is going to have like if if Deneau does walk, yeah, um, and they do claim uh, Price or whoever they claim, like he is going to have a lot of work to do this summer for sure. So yeah. could get could get wild in Montreal. Maybe maybe we see them trade you know four or five of these draft picks this year and uh, do something special. Who knows? We still have the team still has eleven draft picks for this year. Eleven. Oh, I thought they had nine. They have eleven. Jeepers 11. creepers. Yeah, and that's after trading a few, right? They had yeah. 14 or something. I, I, know, I, know the, I know the Habs pick nine times before the Leafs pick uh, twice, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. That's, yep. that's the best thing I've heard. <laughs> and, and the Habs still pick before the Leafs this year um, uh, because the Leafs don't have a first-round pick. So Yeah. <laughs> Dickheads. That's always nice. You know, it's funny, though. When we were – Having we had a podcast, I think just after game four of the Toronto series, and I was like, I hope they expose. I never thought of them exposing price, but if I if I thought they would do it, I would have said it at, at that point too. <laughs> but after after uh, Weber's playoff performance, I really hope that they get back. But what I the the rumor that I read most recently read, I think I think it was Pierre LeBron again, is that, or maybe it was. Uh, 
PSN is that the surgery that they're looking at is for quality of life for Weber, not for a return for hockey. Apparently, those two things are might be mutually exclusive. Yeah, I, th- I think Weber's in big trouble. Yeah, it's I yeah, it would be unfortunate, obviously, but who knows? This could be some posturing too. Uh, like, I'm not that not to downplay the seriousness of his injuries, and I'm sure he's going to need some time to get things corrected and rehab and all of that. But I'm. I'm not 100% sure he's, his hockey career is over yet. That's a question I would actually wonder. I wonder what type of medical information that the Canadian, that all the teams have to release to Seattle. Like, would they get medical reports on every player? Yeah, no. They would have to, right? They did, yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. Oh, really? Okay. Eh? Jeez, mm-hmm. imagine sorting through all that freaking paperwork on those whatever, like 500 guys. <laughs> yeah. Jeepers, you'd have to have an army of people just to read all that. And more importantly, to have it organized visually so you could look or understand it quickly. Apparently, they're looking closely at Price's medical files right now. You should be able to look at that. Guy stinks in the regular season, gets injured every single year, and then turns into God in the playoffs. There you go. That's what they want. That's what they want. Is yeah, you got to make the, the playoffs first, right? Yeah, but is it worth the, his salary, his signing bonus, and his cap hit? You know, that's well, I don't think the Seattle owners care about money. They just spent six hundred million on the franchise. What's what's ten point five a year, right? That's it's not about paying the salary. It's about limiting yourself on the cap. I mean, they ah, can okay, okay. weaponize that significantly. Or maybe they see the injury as a benefit too. They know they can put him on the long term injury reserve, and it'll be Seattle that's twenty million over the cap in the playoffs next year. Bingo yeah. is. You, that's a loophole that they haven't closed in the CBA or the uh, the salary cap rules is that you can still trade players who are injured on LITR. Uh, yeah, because Arizona has like Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk. Those are the greatest two players to ever uh, ever uh, be a member of those organizations. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. For them, they also have Ekman Larson, who's not quite worth his contract. <laughs> I heard he's potentially getting moved this summer. Yeah, yeah I heard that too, but they said that last summer and he had a, he had a trade list of two. Huh. Oh, does he have a no movement clause? Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Yep. Yeah, nice. Well, exercise that control, kid. <laughs> exercise that control. You earned it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, hey, if, if, if somebody gives it to you, you earned it, in my opinion, in terms of an NHL contract. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, guys, I'm going to move us along here. There were a couple more things I wanted to talk about tonight. Let's see. Uh, so it was nice that the that the Habs made it official a few days after the playoffs were over and handed uh, Dom Ducharme the head coach's job as a as the official, official man. And he's the 31st uh, head coach in team history. And then shortly after or before that, I can't remember the timing, Joel Bouchard ended up accepting a new job as a, in a, in a lateral move over as, as the AHL team for uh, in San Diego, which I think is San Jose's uh, farm team. Oh, Anaheim. I thought it was Anaheim's farm team. Yeah, he's, he's coaching the goals. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it is Anaheim's farm team. Okay, okay. I stand corrected. Yeah. So, yeah, lateral move. I, I was really sad that they lost him. Uh, I have listened to the Dale Weiss thing where Dale Weiss says he's not a good coach and is too hard on young players. I kind of take that with a grain of salt because I'm sure Dale p- probably didn't like him because he wasn't getting the opportunity he wanted when he got traded back to the Canadians and or rejoined them to the love to Laval. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I guess I think we'll find out really quickly whether or not he can do it in the NHL because I don't think the Ducks are going to make it uh, too much longer before he's their head coach. Like it's either going to happen at some point next season or the following season, I would think, where you'll see him as the head coach of the Ducks. Yep. That'd be good for a French-speaking coach to get his experience and his growing pains out of the way somewhere else so we can hire him later. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, he'll join that list. Okay, fair enough. I just thought it was worth uh, mentioning and discussing a little. And Yeah, for sure. And on the Ducharme side, um, yep. you know, I, I, I'm not sure how good of a coach he is. Uh, I know that I know they made it to the cup finals and I love some of the decisions were his, but I still would love to be explained why John Merrill played so many playoff games and Romanov didn't because John Merrill didn't bring a goddamn thing to that team. So uh, I'm still perplexed a little bit, but uh, obviously Ducharme definitely knows more about hockey than me because he's a head coach in the NHL. But uh, for me, I just don't know if it's uh, if it's going to be beneficial. And I'm sure Ducharme will be fired in the next, uh, you know, two to three years. <laughs> okay, the Merrill one, I, I think I can easily explain it. Mm. As much as I like Romanov, and I think he brings a lot, he's he's still very raw. And I, I think regular season wise, there were a number of times when I, I just don't think the their coaching brain trust had as much uh, trust or faith in, in him. And when it comes to the playoffs, you just, let's face it. Most head coaches go with veterans over, over rookies yeah. and almost 99% of the time. I put it down to that. Now to Romanov's credit, I think he played phenomenal in, in the games that he did get into in the finals. Like he toned things down. He kept his game simpler and I think going forward, I don't think those trust issues are, are going to be there. I think you're going to see him getting a lot more uh, ice time responsibility. And, and of course, with Weber now being uh, out of the lineup for God knows how long in Montreal, then, yeah, uh, I, maybe that is an easy thing to say. But I think you'd agree with me there. Yeah, I, I understand your point there. And, you know, we better hope that, he, that, that the things change because, if it's another year like this year where he's getting scratched in important games, uh, I think he'll be done with the Canadians or done with the NHL and be back in Russia. So, Well, I think uh, two things. Uh, I think Luke Richardson had maybe more to do with those decisions than we thought. And uh, because he was, I didn't read the article, but I saw the quotation that, you know, Romanoff and Kulak were not played as much in the playoffs due to growing pains. Um, and on another related note, I was really happy to see Richardson re-sign with the Canadians when everybody was talking about him potentially being a head coaching candidate elsewhere. Yeah, agree with that. Glad to have Luke back. I think he did a great job. I think he might even be a better head coach than Ducharme. Yeah, <laughs> I am glad he's back too. Oh, I'll give you that. I forgot to include him in that list. Okay, and let's see, moving on. So there was an interesting comment in um, – Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts from last week where he was talking about a potential scenario where Mark Bergevin would be getting a uh, promotion in, up to a VP position after his contract expires, which would be at the end of next season. So thoughts about that. Oh, I have serious thoughts about this. <laughs> cool. I, think, I think Mark Bergeron, Bergevin, sorry, lucked into a fucking team for the first time in nine years after he destroyed the 2014-15 uh, team after they made a run and totally dismantled that team. Now he fucking six years down the seven years down the road lucks into a team. I feel he lucks into a team and I feel he's going to destroy this one too. 
if Price is gone and if, say Price gets picked up by Seattle, Bergevin absolutely fucking destroys this team. He has no business going to VP. The only thing he deserves is the streets of Montreal. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm somebody who don't, I, I, I'm somebody who believes you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. Uh, he's tremendous at trading, um, like very good at trading, not the best at signing. Made a lot of bonehead signings over the years. Um, I definitely I, I understand what Josh is saying about him destroying that 2014 team that went on the run because, you know, they, that team definitely did seem like it had a lot of promise and just ran out of gas near the end, uh, like against the Rangers there. Um, as for making him the VP, I guess my first thing would be like, I guess the Habs might miss out on Pierre Maguire. He's, he's you know, part of the Senators' uh, brain trust now, so that's kind of unfortunate. Not. Um, <laughs> if they, yeah, who they make, if they make who they make the new GM, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it, it'd be interesting. I I imagine Timmons is a no because he doesn't speak French. And who are the other candidates? You said Lapointe and Point and uh, Melonby. I don't know. Does, Melonby. does Melonby speak French? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but actually, I've heard Trevor Timmons talk in French. Really. But oh. Timmons is mostly amateur, is amateur scouting. Mellonby is pro scouting, so I would be more comfortable with him. In I, a thought G- Timmons, I thought Timmons was uh, AGM now, though. Mm-hmm. Is he? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm wrong then. But he was amateur scouting before. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, Timmons' official title now is AGM as of July 2017. Oh, right. Okay. So I thought yeah. he was still more, that's not his primary responsibilities were still the draft. Yeah. If, if Timmons, yes. well, we know LaPointe can speak French. If Timmons can speak French and Mellonby can't, I think it's, it's got to be between those two. I, I think Mellonby would be a non, there's no way it'd be Mellonby. He can't speak French. You can't have the job in Montreal. I think we know that. Yeah. That's where I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I know he grew up in Montreal, but that doesn't automatically mean you're bilingual. So Scott I, Mellonby grew up in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, really? I did not know that. I thought he was like an Ontario boy. No. Yep. No, his father is, uh, oh, shoot, what's his first name? Anyway, he was the guy who was running uh, Hockey Night in Canada for many, many years. Oh, Ralph, Ralph Melanby. Ralph yeah, Melanby. didn't know yes. that. I had no idea that was the case. That's pretty cool. Yeah. wonder if there's any chance we could get uh, Breezeball back. Julian? <laughs> Yeah, I think he's pretty happy. I think he's pretty happy down in Tampa Bay, making a ton of money, living living in the sunshine. Nobody knows who he is in the crowd. Can't mm-hmm. eat it, I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, no I don't think so either. Nice, nice thought. I guess the thing is, though, you, the, the only lure is, is if Julian Breesbaugh wants to be a god, right? Yes. You know, right now he's a successful NHL general manager that is revered by hockey fans north of the border. But if he ever came to Montreal and built a cup winner, he could walk downtown Montreal and people would be, you know, littering the street with rose petals for him. Uh, perhaps, but I, I'm, I'm going to give some credit to a couple of the other people who really helped build that franchise before he took over, which first would be Steve Eiserman, And then yes. second would be um, Al Murray, who was their head of, the, of scouting. And, Good call. Uh, Good a call. Lot of, a lot of make a lot, a lot of ma- major decisions at the draft floor were, to him good, yeah. yeah good call norman and i think uh breeze Ball even said that in his uh post uh, cup win interview yeah. yeah i mean he's made some good moves on his own too breeze Ball, I mean, yeah so, i think but- montreal's finally learned the lesson that they needed to learn from tampa bay a long time ago which was beat the bushes better for francophone talent uh as you know at the in the middle rounds of the draft and and as as uh 
undrafted players. I mean, like Killorn and Good and uh, et cetera. They have a lot of players who were drafted in the later rounds and they had way more francophones than, than Montreal. So if Brisebois can build a, a francophone, uh, like a Quebec scouting network, hopefully the Canadians could like they used to. Yeah, um, but I would say I would say this to that, Paul, is uh, take a poll of every every human, every adult human being in Quebec mm-hmm. in uh, January and February and ask them where they'd rather live. And uh, I bet you if you don't get you could do a referendum on that in Quebec and it'd be approaching 100 percent of them would pick Tampa Bay over Montreal. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they just <laughs> their scouting network. Um, I know, I know, I know. I'll never come back. But I, I am going back to Bergevin as president or VP of hockey ops. I have absolutely no problem with him uh, being promoted to be a VP of hockey operations. My problem would be who's replacing him. Um, Agreed. I don't, I, I don't, if Mellonby, if Mellonby has the chops in French, he would be an obvious candidate, but he's, he's a rookie and, you know, rookie GMs take a while to learn the job. Is Sean Burke staying on as goalie coach, by the way? He is staying on as goalie consultant. He's signed for three years as consultant. Whether he's going to be a day-to-day goalie coach or hire somebody else to work under him, we're not sure. Okay. He hasn't decided yet. He has the option. Okay. Okay, guys. Well, we're running low on time. So unless anybody has some quick final thoughts, I, I think we should wrap it up. Sounds good. Talk to you guys after the two drafts, the expansion and the uh, lo- and the you know entry draft, and after uh, free agency, we should have to do another one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yep. I'm down for yeah, that. It'll be hey, it'll be great. We can all talk about uh, whether we're getting our Dougie Hamilton jerseys or Ovechkin jerseys first. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> if both of those guys sign in Montreal, I'll be buying you a case of beer. Yeah. Oh, if both if both those guys sign in Montreal, you you can actually buy me an Ovechkin jersey, an Ovechkin okay. Habs jersey. Okay. That's reasonable. You get the jersey, or I'll get the beer. Okay. There we go. I want to I want to see this jersey when it's made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Thanks right. a lot, guys. Thanks, for guys. Thanks. Go Habs, go. Go, go Habs, go. Go Habs, go. Good, Good night. night.